Welcome to Season 5, Episode 13 of the Family Travel Australia Podcast. We are Paul, Katie and Jasper from the Feel Good Family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Yes, welcome to the Family Travel Podcast, where we share the latest in RV industry news, road trip travel, caravanning and camping, product reviews, where to go, what to do, and so much more. Thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you indeed. This week, we say goodbye to Tasmania. Yes, and we travel over 2,900 kilometres to the Fraser Coast in sunny Queensland, including a 450-kilometre journey on the spirit of Tasmania. We marvel at Australia's largest outdoor gallery. Jasper has a couple of firsts. We visit the dish and celebrate crossing the Queensland border for the first time in over 15 months. Holy dooly, all in one week. I know, we're home, baby. <laughs> and in the newsroom, we're talking about RV pre-purchase vehicle inspections. Mm-hmm. Very good. Awesome. Another jam-packed episode. We literally are way- racing our way up the east coast of Australia. Kind of. We even head to the outback, the gateway to the outback. Mm. Oh, well, you guys know us. Nothing like zigzagging our way across <laughs> this awesome country. Why go in a straight line if you don't have to? I love it. All right, let's get into it. Now, this week we did say goodbye to Tassie. It was pretty well three months of touring around the state. Katie produced those incredible eight itineraries, the perfect road trip ready companion. Oh, thank you, doll. Look, Tassie, as you will know from all of our Tasmanian episodes, is spectacular. So it was quite a pleasure to produce these road trip itineraries with such beautiful imagery. Perfect if you are planning your own Tasmanian adventure. And, of course, we had loads of requests, so we've listened and we've bundled them all together. We had so many people say, we want them all, we want the, you know, the whole shebang, put them together. So we have, and that's available now on our website, the complete ebook bundle, 160-plus pages of Everything Tasmania. Tasmanian bliss. Yes. Isn't it? Yes, it sure is. Well done, Katie. I love it. Thank you. Grab your copy and you will love that. Make a plan, make it happen. Get yourself to that incredible island state of Tasmania. Yes, we do love it. Already okay. planning our next visit. Say goodbye to Tassie. Spirit of Tasmania. It's about 450 kilometres from Devonport to Port Melbourne, soon to be moving that uh, arrival port and departure port to Geelong in 2023. But for now, our tip that we never knew before (laughs) was to sail on a Saturday night because you get into Melbourne on a Sunday morning and there is no one. I know. It was so strange, wasn't it? And wow. we didn't really even realise this tip until we were actually making our way through the city, yeah. looking around thinking, what's going on? Okay. We knew it was a long weekend. And in fact, yeah. we actually thought it was the Monday of the long weekend. We totally had our days wrong. Didn't realise that it was a Sunday at all. It was like a perler of a day and everyone went, yeah, I'm going to sleep in today. Yes. Yeah, it was amazing. So, look, that is our hot 
tip <laughs> if you can sail back to the mainland overnight on a Saturday night and arrive into Port Melbourne in the wee hours of Sunday morning you are going to get through that city without any traffic without any red lights we were in and out in under half an hour amazing and i have to say that is the calmest ship crossing i've ever experienced in my life i used to work for piano on their cruise ships the bass strait regarded as one of the roughest potentially roughest seas in the world it was flat it was maybe a half a meter swell oh yes and look we've had uh, all in all we've had some pretty good sails mm. nothing we can really complain about and certainly not those horrific images that you see when those those swells are huge and the poor people on board are green 12 meter swell yeah no thank you what? but indeed that was a perfect sail and just makes it so much more enjoyable. And what I loved too was that the majority of the ship decks were reopened, which meant people could get out and about. You weren't confined to your cabin. So it just adds to the experience. Yeah, it felt alive this time, didn't it? The last couple of times it's been confined to your cabin, got your masks on. Yeah, a yeah. little bit eerie, but uh, no, great sail this time mm-hmm. and we love it. I mean, We've said time and time again, Tassie's one of those places you'll keep going back to. And and I, in all honesty, am already planning a return visit with a long list of places that, Mm -hmm. you know, our audience and locals have said to us, oh, you missed that. You've got to go. Look, the spirit of Tasmania, it is really good if you have a look at our video on the top 10 things you need to know before you go. Mm. Uh, There's a couple of versions of that. We actually tagged that special on the end of last week's episode on our Feel Good Family YouTube channel, if you want to see that. Yeah, it is. It's just really great information. If you haven't sailed with them before, you don't know what to expect. Just some good things to get you thinking and planning so you don't get caught out. All right. Our first destination on this Sunday easy drive day was out to Mildura. Nothing like adding a 500-kilometre detour onto your road trip itinerary. We sure did. In fact, it's 550 clicks down the road. The gateway to the outback, the mighty Murray River brings that town to life. And we had a couple of little stops along the way to take in the Australian Silo Art Trail. Two more silos that we had yet to actually visit. These are incredible pieces of art. Oh, it just... Every time we see one of these, it wouldn't matter if it's a silo or a water tower or some of these Mm. mural towns that seem to be popping up around the country as well. It is phenomenal. The artwork is incredible. And to think that someone or in often cases more than one artist is Mm. working on one of these pieces, you know, they're up on their cherry picker. They've got their cans of spray paint and they are creating the most intricate artworks on a giant scale. It's mind-boggling to me that yeah. somebody can even have the the scope to be able to do that. Look, the particular one that we really loved on, on this trek was at Nullawill and the artist is Smug or 
aka the smug one. And this guy, his real name is Sam Bates. He's famous around Victoria, particularly Melbourne CBD, for his photo realism graffiti. He uses spray cans. Now, he was uh, up there for two weeks. The weather was terrible. It was bitterly cold. As he was spraying, it was windy. The, The particles of paint were getting blown all over the shop. It is an incredible piece of art, very Australian with the Kelpie mm-hmm. and his uh, master. I love this one. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it is really beautiful. And again, just mind-blowing that the level of detail in the artwork mm. from spray paint. Amazing. You know, just wow. We also uh, drove a little further down the road to Sea Lake. This is a much larger group of silos. I think all in all, there's about six that have been painted. Uh, mm. It was a, a co-creative and, again, a great job, really beautiful, vivid colours, telling some of the Indigenous Dreamtime story. Mm. Very good. What is so fantastic about the Australian Silo Art Trail is that it's a reason for visitors to get out into these smaller communities, mm. these rural locations, these places that you wouldn't necessarily even know we're on the map or plan to go and visit or stop in if you are passing through. So they're great for the economy of the towns. You know, they've done such a great job in promoting these places as mm-hmm. well. So if you haven't checked out any of these, do yourself a favour, jump onto the website, the Australian Silo Art Trail website. You will be blown away with the scope of these artworks and make a plan to get out and visit some of these during your travels around because they feature in every state. I think making a detour just to see one, even if it's an hour down the road and adds a couple of hours to your trip, mm. just do it. I mean, what they've done to, to help mitigate some of that uh fatigue that drivers yes. experience i'm sure it's it's saved you know lives for, you know road fatalities due to fatigue is huge in australia crazy uh so this sort of initiative is amazing mm, awesome okay on to mildura so about seven hours drive all up and a really dear friend of ours down there on the mighty murray river ben and one of the best campsites that you'll get perfect river f- frontage it is our favourite free <laughs> camp, his uh, backyard on the Murray. And we love this region. Yeah. That Murray River is something else. The the lifeblood of the Sunraysia region. Amazing. The weather was perfect. In fact, it was a little bit too hot for us acclimatised Tasmanians. We hadn't even um, really set the van up. We'd, we'd rolled down and then reversed into our, our prime position there on the banks of the Murray. Ben rocks up in his boat with Jazz and says, Righto, Jasper, you're on the ski trainer. And there he was, his first time ever being on a a set of skis that actually have like this inflatable around them. And sure enough, within five minutes, our little confident man was, young man, was doing all the tricks, letting go, standing up. Jackhammer, I think he called it, touching the water. Yeah, it was amazing (laughs) and um, quite a surprise for us for Jasper to jump into something that he'd never done before so confidently. Mm. He would have water skied up the Murray for half an hour easily. He was so tuckered out by the end of it, which was fantastic after our, our long drive day. A hot tip. Get your kids out after a long drive day. Run them around. Run them ragged. They're going to need to get all of that pent-up energy out. Yeah. Water skiing was certainly a good way to do that. So, look, it, it was a, a an absolutely 
whirlwind trip out there to Mildura, a couple of bottles of wine later and um, a good sleep. And we were on the road and heading toward parks. We went via hay. The weather started perfectly in Mildura and then we hit quite a big storm front, a lot of rain, but we took it easy. And look, this was our longest drive day. In Mm. fact, it was just shy of 700 kilometers. Nine hours later, we pulled into parks. One of our favorite I guess, country New South Wales locations. Yes, we do love parks and we've stayed here many times before. In fact, we always stay at the Spicer Caravan Park Mm -hmm. when we are in parks. It's an easy one to remember. Mm -hmm. Great big green grassy sites. It actually backs on to sports playing fields, which Mm -hmm. adds to, I guess, the green outlook as well. The sites are so big, we managed to stay hitched up, which is perfect considering we rocked in fairly late in the afternoon and we're planning on leaving fairly early the next day. And it's very central if you are going to be spending a few days to get in and explore parks. Last time we were there, the boys had an awesome time learning lots of the history and culture of the area. Yes, the Henry Parks Visitor Centre. It is fantastic. It houses a museum, some of the original buildings of the township, the story of Henry Parks, and it also houses the largest collection of privately owned Elvis memorabilia in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, in fact, it's owned by the original Yellow Wiggle. How uh, awesome is yes, that? Yes, Mr. Page, I believe is his name, if I've got that right. And including, I mean, outfits that Elvis wore, furniture, Elvis and Priscilla's wedding certificate. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this guy's got an incredible collection. Um, I actually think it's only a very small amount of the collection is on display. Wow. He has over 800 items. They are Elvis mad in parks. And so yeah. if you are an Elvis fan, these are your people. And you can go and congregate with them every year at the annual Elvis Festival, normally held in January to coincide with the great man's birthday. Love it. This year it's actually being held in April. This is something that we've heard so much about during every visit to parks and it's been on one of those, oh, we've got to go and capture this. We've got to go and experience this one day on that list. I think we will. We will have to make a plan to get to parks for the Elvis Festival because we hear it is a hoot. There are more Elvises than you can ever imagine. There are Elvises of every nationality, skin colour, sex, you name it. There are Elvises everywhere and I think this would be such a fun festival to go and cover. Literally a celebration. I love it. There's even a a Graceland's Hotel being built there, it's about 50,000 people attend this festival. Um, it does remind me when I was younger and uh, in the entertainment world, there was a saying, it was that if life were fair, Elvis would still be alive and all the impersonators would be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds terrible, doesn't it? But God, it used to make me laugh. And um, look, I think this would be fantastic to attend. So mm. it's the 20th to the 24th of April this year. And as Katie mentioned, in January, early January Next year, 2023, to coincide with Elvis' birthday. Yeah, so much fun. So, look, I mean, if you're going to head to parks, you could really hang out there for a good few days Mm. and 
really enjoy all of the attractions. The number one attraction located about 20 kilometres north is the CSIRO Parks Dish is, is what it's more famously known for. Yes, the radio telescope made famous for its role in broadcasting those first images of man taking his first steps on the moon all those years ago in the 60s. 69, yes. We love the dish. Yeah. To me, I just, I think this is one of those attractions that, well, for us certainly, never gets old. It is free. It is free to go in and they have this fantastic visitor centre that is so interactive. Now, Mm. look, it's been a couple of years since we visited the dish. Jasper was tiny when we were there last time. He ran in that front door. He ran around the corner. He knew exactly where to go and was hands-on immediately Mm. with all of the fun interactive things that there are on display. It's really great because he is – into space at the moment. It is one of his passions. He keeps telling us he's going to launch a rocket one day and we absolutely believe him. Look out, Elon. So to get to the dish, it was so good and to reignite that spark in him. And Mm. you can literally go and stand out under this ginormous telescope. Something cool this time is that they actually had takeaway scheduling of what the dish is going to be performing or the work that's being done. Amazingly, the last time we were there and this time both coincided with their scheduled ske- maintenance. Yeah, scheduled maintenance. That's right. And so we thought, oh, the first time we're not going to get to see it move. It actually moves a lot more during maintenance. It's, it was fantastic. We got an amazing time lapse mm, of, of it in motion. It's weirdly beautiful. Mm. It really is. And you could honestly be there for a very long time, just sitting out. They've got a great cafe. You can sit mm. and have a cuppa and take in the view. The other cool thing that they were doing while we were there this time is something called listening. And they were actually listening under a program that's been scheduled for a five-year period Mm -hmm. with the specific purpose of trying to find other life. Exactly. Which I just was like, this is so cool. You know, it's not just something that you hear in or see in a sci-fi movie. This is actually happening. And I love that. We took some pamphlets away. I mean, it's a great educational lesson for Jasper. We included it in our homeschooling. A really fantastic experience for free. There, There is an add-on. You can pay to go in and watch uh, 3D movies in their great theatre there. But if you just wanted to go in and do something for free with the family, this is awesome. Yeah, and allow yourself a good hour, uh, particularly if you do have kids, you could stay there for a couple of hours. Yeah. The kids will not want to leave because of the free interactive. The amount of interactive is sensational. Mm. You can even move a scaled down model of the dish and then hear the recordings. You know, it's now 10,000 times more sensitive mm. with all the upgrades that have been happening and the advances in technology than when it was first installed there in the early 60s. So it's a remarkable piece of infrastructure to look at, as you said, just beautiful. It is fascinating. And in fact, if you are a a space nerd and you love this sort of stuff, then this stretch of Newell Highway really is for you. And it's it's something that we will do 
at some point will slow down. Unfortunately, it seems to be that when we're on the New York Highway, we are <laughs> racing back to Queensland for one reason or another. Hugs. Yeah, Hugs exactly, this family. time, yes. So we will slow that down because there are a number of different mm-hmm. CSIRO uh, observatories that you can stop in at. And this is also a dark sky zone. So you can stop. There's plenty of interpretive signage and plenty of places to get out and stargaze as well. There's only, I think, now 12 of these official dark sky zones in the world. Uh, Another one that was named while we were there was out at Winton. Mm. So it would be cool to get back out there too because they were putting an observatory in there as well. Yes. Awesome. Amazing. Okay. If you love your stargazing, get out to the uh, the country, New South Wales mm. region of parks and that greater area between there and what's the next place? Coonabarra Brand? Yeah. Pretty well in that stretch, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Taking in towns like Narrabri. Yes. Fantastic. Okay, on the road again and we're continuing on to Moree. Now, we originally were planning to get further into actually the border of Queensland in Gundawindi, but – we won't travel in Rue Hour, the golden hour, mm. that sort of hour, hour to two hours before sunset, sunrise, around that is um, you're increasing your, your odds of, of having a, a run-in with a Rue. So we did decide to pull into Moree. We were a little bit concerned because there has been a lot of reports of theft around campsites in Moree. In fact, we had some friends uh, have their three bikes stolen off the front of their caravan. Mm. Hard to believe. Yeah, just setting out on their travels around Australia. So that would have been a, a hard one to take. Yeah, it doesn't instill much confidence when it happens on, you know, day two or something, does no. it? No. And look, there are a number of uh, caravan parks in Moree. And Moree is, of course, famous. It has some artesian springs. Yes. Um, and you can stay at some of these parks that do have the the big pools, um, which is quite uh, an attraction. Mm-hmm. We decided to stay at the showgrounds after reading through review after review after review. This one seemed to get really good mm-hmm. uh Responses around the safety and security. Yeah, look, you, you rock up and you're met by a lovely caretaker who uh, offered me a Bundy rum uh, and she uh, helped us park out our van and pointed out that the entire showgrounds is like a gated estate, like really high fencing uh, that you can see through, uh, which is fine, but they close the gates and lock it at 9pm and then mm-hmm. they open them at 6am unless you arrange something differently. So you kind of end up in this compound and it was packed and it was incredibly quiet. We had one of our best night's sleeps Mm. on the road. So there you go. Our experience obviously was very good. Yes, and and I think we took comfort in the fact that there were so many other campers there and quite Mm. a few that looked like they'd been staying for a number of days. It's right on the river. The sites were Big and green and grassy. Wow. Jasper loved the fact that he could just get out and run around, kick the soccer ball. You know, we didn't upset anybody. Full hookups, 25 bucks a night. Thank you very much, Maury Showgrounds. Bargain. Mm. And maybe I could even had a Bundy rum. <laughs> <laughs> the next day we were on the road again, this time 
on to cross the border at Gundawindi. It was quite a celebration in our car, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Ah, We counted down as we approached the bridge and the sign. Celebrating the fact that we got an hour back as well. Yes. Good on you, Anastasia. Thanks for that. (laughs) Yeah, the only time that we're happy about Queensland not having daylight savings is when we're we're crossing the border from the south and getting an hour back. Yes, indeed. All right, we had a quick pit stop actually via Subway, which is a great tip from us. If you are a little bit unprepared and you haven't got yourself organised, then stop at Subway bit of a healthier option, isn't it? It is good. And, you know, we've spoken about this before in the past. And if you're not organised with healthy snacks, healthy healthy lunch options, then it's so easy to just pull up mm. and get rubbish that you're going to regret oh. eating later. And look, we Kit we Kats. had done that. I love those Kit Kats at the survey. Yeah, you're a sucker for those. We had unfortunately done that the day prior and then regretted that decision. So finding the subway was really good <laughs> and then pulling up on the roadside stop and getting out, stretching our feet, putting our camp chairs out, being able to just take a minute, mm. celebrate the fact that you know, not only are we back in Queensland, but we've also got an hour, an extra hour up our sleeves. Felt pretty good. And the sunshine. Yes. We're like, wow, this is definitely Queensland. Yeah. Look, it's interesting because as much as we, you know, we love being on the road and our travels, it's it was time. We both felt like mm. we needed to get back to Queensland to see family yep. and reconnect. It had been a long time. So, yeah, there was a lot going on. Now- the reason why we're heading to Toowoomba and we had a an absolute date that we had to get there was for a very special event. It was at the Empire Theatre. It's about a twelve or 1,300-seater, beautiful old theatre, Art Deco Theatre in the heart of Toowoomba to see We Will Rock You, that famous Queen musical. We have a dear friend of ours, Bryn Jenke. Write that name down. This guy's star is definitely on the rise. Mm-hmm. It was so awesome to see him playing the lead of Galileo in We Will Rock You. Yes, awesome. Yes, and such a great experience to do together as a family. Jasper came mm-hmm. with us. And, in fact, there were plenty of children in the audience, which was so wonderful Yeah, I was surprised. See. I thought that was really cool. Yes, and so for him to have his first experience of that live musical event, if you know our family, if you've watched any of our YouTube episodes, you'll know that Jasper's got that music, that entertainment in his veins. Yes. So he was... In total awe of not only the theatre and how grand it was, but watching this production that, you know, a lot of the adult content would have gone straight over his head, but he knew the songs. We'd been smashing the Queen albums all the way from Tassie in the car so that he was able to sing along the lights, the volume. He was buzzing. We were all buzzing. It is such a great musical. A little bit of a flashback for me too. Yes, it was. Very close to our hearts with Paulie uh, having been up on stage touring Australia with this musical when it originally came to the country. What, Dal? 19 or so years ago. Look, they're they're officially celebrating their 20th year, uh, Queen and Ben Elton producing the, the musical We Will Rock You and, yeah, getting to perform with Queen all those years ago. Getting to work with Ben Elton and Brian May and Roger Taylor, absolute highlight of my career. And uh, I did shed a tear when that, that opening score of Innuendo, Freddie's voice there. 
Wow, flashback to, to me as a strapping young man singing and dancing my way around Australia and Japan. Yes, look, and there are some <laughs> overlay images of Paul performing with We Will Rock You I'll In. Add, I'll add them into this app. Okay. There you go. Fantastic. <laughs> Worth a look. <laughs> All right, moving on. Now we're going to continue down the road another 350 kilometres, five hours drive time with a pit stop in the Sunshine Coast. We're heading to the Fraser Coast and that was to celebrate Katie's dad, Bruce's 81st birthday. Amazing timing how this all just ding, ding, ding. Yeah, it all just worked in. perfectly. And don't you love that? It, you know, when things align as they should, the universe just puts you in the right place at the right time. It was so good. There's nothing like seeing family after such a long time. 15 months. 15 months is a long time to go without hugs from your parents and your loved ones. And I'm sure many of you listening, you know, after the couple of years we've had with COVID and lockdowns, Mm -hmm. know this all too well. Family is everything. So to be able to see dad and give him a squeeze and for Jasper to have that precious time with him and... Celebrate him on his birthday, on his 81st birthday, was just awesome. And he got the largest gift of chocolates I've ever seen. <laughs> he is partial to some chockies. So <laughs> he loves it. We spoiled him lots and it was just, just awesome and reconfirmed our decision to get ourselves back to Queensland quickly mm. rather than taking our time to travel through Victoria and New South Wales. We needed, we needed our family fix and seeing Dad just reconfirmed why we'd made that decision. Yeah, look, I think that's um, a good segue into our takeaway for this week and that is that home is where the heart is. You know, there is no place like home. No. Oh, didn't Dorothy nail that? There is no place mm. like home. And and it's interesting because our home literally is our 17 square metres on four wheels. True. We don't have a a home that we've rented out. We don't have anything, you know, what are you going to go back to? We don't have that, Nothing. that bricks and mortar mm. home. I actually was um, – We're staying on the Fraser Coast with my mum and stepdad at the moment, well, next door to their house. And I was visiting with her a couple of days ago and I saw a little plaque that she has in her bedroom and it says, a house is, you know, your your four walls, but a home is where your family is. Yeah. And... That's so true, you know, despite us not having, you know, that physical place to call home, being back in Queensland with our family and our friends is coming home for us. Absolutely. And my family, uh, which is very large, (laughs) nine of us in my family. Extremely large. We're yet to see them. Mm. That is going to be a crazy catch up, isn't it? Yeah, we're saving that whirlwind. It has been seven years since my family were in the one place together. It yes, could all end, of your siblings. It could end badly, actually. <laughs> we haven't had an argument together for a long time. There's never a <laughs> dull out. moment with the Gearins around, mm. that's for sure. But no, that will be, be awesome uh, in a week's time to catch up with all of your family and your parents who are also travelling full-time now, making their way down from North Queensland yes. back down to the Gold Coast so that we can all be together and celebrate a very special occasion for your mum, Paul. Yes, Papa and Mama feel good. It is Mama feel good. Lynn, my mum's 70th birthday. Mm-hmm. 
A, fa- a fantastic milestone so to have everybody good. together I, for. I cannot believe that we're all together. Yes. It's going to be fantastic. So Again, really looking, the stars have just aligned with our timing to get home Amazing. and just reiterated that decision for us. This is the right thing to do. Love it. And a chance for us to recalibrate too, I think, and for our friends and family to get sick of us and tell us to please keep rolling on down yeah. the road. <laughs> It'll only be a, a few weeks, you know, and then we'll be straight back out there. So Yeah, we we'll, sure will. We'll make the most of it. All right. Let's talk about the newsroom. RV pre-purchase vehicle inspections. Yeah, interesting storylines coming out of uh, the caravan industry this week. Yes, and of course, off the back of these crazy weather events that have been taking place on the east coast of Australia, you know, the mass flooding. For us coming wow. back and seeing the the residual impacts of yeah. the floods has just been heartbreaking and and is still hard to believe some of the images that we saw from friends and family sending us and over social media of of just what took place here in Queensland and New South Wales. We just uh, travelled through Gympie and uh, we're only 20 minutes down the road from Maryborough and Jasper and I head in there. It is hard to believe that these rivers peaked at like 24 metres. You just, you cannot fathom the amount of of water that is and, and obviously the damage and the result after it and all of that mud and heartache and loss is phenomenal. It is really hard to believe. And and in researching a news article for this week's podcast, uh, main roads in particular have put a, a very big warning or advice out to potential buyers, mm-hmm. particularly when it comes to secondhand caravans, to make sure that you are getting a pre-purchase inspection done by an expert because so many of these vehicles now will be affected through the flooding events that have taken place. Yeah, look, that's either from uh, faults within the the age of the vehicle through leaks or actually did have flood damage and quickly being cleaned up to try and pass off, you know. So that pre-purchase check is so valuable. We looked into this. NRMA offers to its members uh, an inspection and it's $255. I think it is open to anyone. You don't have to be a member, but that's a special rate for members, $255 to maybe save you purchasing a lemon and having an absolute headache and a heartache. Mm. Worth it. Definitely. Yeah, we think so too. So good advice coming out of Queensland at the moment, and I'm sure the same applies to you if you are looking at purchasing a secondhand vehicle in New South Wales as well. All right. I think we're going to wrap it up there this week. Righto. There you go. A little bit shorter than our normal podcast, but we are excited to uh, bring you the next three weeks lessons from our lap year. It is a mini series of information that is so jam-packed with info. We were blown away as we were traveling up that 2,900 kilometers. We just started doing these brain dumps and it just got longer and longer and longer. And Kate said, all right, divide and conquer. Let's put this into a full comprehensive ebook, which we will release mm-hmm. as, a, as a product on our website and make it very affordable if you, if you want that. But we're also going to put it into three episodes on our podcast and on our YouTube channels. Yes, and we'll cover off... Everything, anything that we thought would be a valuable piece of information, no matter whether you are, you know, dreaming, planning, already rolling down the road, 
all of the lessons that we've learnt, the mistakes that we've made, the mistakes we've learnt from other people making, any advice, any tips, tricks, resources, over our two and a half years travelling full-time around Australia, we are bringing that to you in a three-part series. We are so excited about this because it will add value to anybody who is contemplating or already travelling full-time or in the school holidays or whenever you can. I, I agree. I think this will absolutely inspire you to take some steps toward your own attainment of full-time travel or taking that gap year or gap month, whatever it is, getting yourself a tent and getting out to your national park. The information in, in this series is priceless and as you said, you know, two and a half years, 80,000 kilometres. We've got a lot to share. <laughs> yes, we sure do. All right. I think it is time for us to wrap it up for now. We'll say look after yourself, look after your family. And happy trails. 